You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 208, Six Life-Changing Books Every Mom Should Read. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Well, hello, Mama. Welcome back to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. Happy August. The day this episode airs, I will be in Georgia at the grief camp for kids where I've worked as a clinician and a grief specialist for the past four summers. And it's always an incredible, incredible time. And this year, my sister Stephanie is joining me there as the camp photographer. So I'm super excited to spend time with her and experience the magic of camp together with her. I did an episode about the camp last year, if you want to check it out. I'll link to it in the show notes. And you can also check out their website at experiencecamps.org. It's a fabulous organization. There are five camps around the U.S., and all of the kids have lost a parent, a sibling, or a primary caregiver, and they all go for free. The counselors are all volunteers, and it's a very special and meaningful week every year. If you know anyone who could benefit or if you want to make a donation, all the information can be found on their website. Today, I want to share some of the books that have had an impact on me over the years and have helped shape the way I approach parenting and life. I'm going to talk about them in the order in which I read them too, because it'll give you a sense of how I've evolved. This isn't an exhaustive list, of course, because I literally read self-help books like they're going out of style. And I have been since I was very young. In fact, the very first self-help book I remember reading was a book about divorce that my mom picked up at the library for me when I was 11. And I still remember the feeling I had reading that book because it helped me know I wasn't alone in my pain and that I could get through it. As a former school counselor, I used books all of the time in my classes and meeting with students individually. And I'm always recommending books to the parents I work with now too, and sometimes send them as gifts. I've gleaned valuable information from many, many books but the ones I'm sharing today were total game changers in my life. The first was Life Strategies by Phil McGraw, also known as Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil first appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show in the late 1990s when I was in social work school in Boston. And his no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is style really resonated with me. I loved how he offered tough love and helped people break out of their victim mentalities and become empowered. I tried never to miss Dr. Phil Tuesdays at 4 p.m. and would even record episodes on my VCR. I was such a nerd. His book, Life Strategies, explores 10 life laws he considers necessary to succeed in life. I'm not gonna go through all the 10 laws, but I'll share just a few that made a huge impact on me at the time. Life law number two is you create your own experience. In last week's episode, I talked about taking radical responsibility for yourself and your experience. And that's what this life law is all about. He says, please understand, I'm not talking about this as a general proposition. 
I'm not presenting this as a theory. I'm telling you that you create the results of your life, not some of the time, but all of the time. If you don't like your job, you are accountable. If your relationships are on the rocks, you are accountable. If you are overweight, you are accountable. If you don't trust members of the opposite sex, you are accountable. If you are not happy, you are accountable. Whatever your life circumstance is, accepting this law means that you can no longer dodge responsibility for how and why your life is the way it is. He later goes on to say, bottom line, you are not a victim. You are creating the situations you are in. You are creating the emotions that flow from those situations. This is not theory. It is life. So good. Life law number three is people do what works. The idea of this law is that people engage in behavior because they get a payoff from it. You can apply this to any behavior you do that you wish you didn't. Yelling at your kids, overeating, procrastinating. You wouldn't be doing it if you weren't getting some sort of payoff, if it wasn't benefiting you in some way. It can be difficult to identify the payoff sometimes, but trust me, there is always a payoff. At some level, your behavior serves a purpose. Again, this concept was life-changing for me as a person, as a social worker working with kids, and as a mom. Life law number six is there is no reality, only perception. I talk about this all the time on the podcast, right? The circumstances of our lives are neutral until we have thoughts about them, until we interpret them and give meaning to them. So the exact same circumstance can be experienced in countless different ways depending on one's perception of it. Now, I know I'm rushing through these a little because there's so much I want to share with you today. Life law number eight is we teach people how to treat us. This life law has helped me so much in my relationships, especially in parenting. The way our kids interact with us is influenced by what we allow, how we react, and what we reinforce. If you don't think your kids treat you with respect, How have you set it up that way? How are you teaching them to treat you that way? And how can you start teaching them a new way? Now, there are six other life laws and they're all so powerful. So definitely check out Life Strategies and the accompanying workbook too. The second book that had an enormous impact on me was Scream Free Parenting by Hal Runkle. This was the book that initially helped me get my anxiety under control as a new mom. And in fact, I enjoyed the book so much that I became a certified scream-free parent and marriage leader by training with Hal at his headquarters in Atlanta. A lot of what I teach and believe can be traced back to the principles in this book. Hal writes, our biggest struggle as parents is not with the television. It's not with bad influences. It's not even with drugs or alcohol. Our biggest struggle as parents is with our own emotional reactivity. That's why the greatest thing we can do for our kids is learn to focus on us, not them. Instead of anxiously trying to control our kids, let's concentrate on what we can control, calming our own emotional knee-jerk reactions. Another of my favorite quotes is, what children need most are parents who do not need them. He goes on to say, children were not put on this earth to make us parents feel loved, warm, respected, or appreciated. They were put here to become themselves by becoming self-directed adults, and they need for us to create enough space to do just that. 
This book is filled with so many gems. The last quote I'll share is, loving yourself first is the only true way to be scream-free because it is the only way to seek your own calm first. It is the only way to truly benefit your kids without burdening them with the need to benefit you. It is not their job, nor is it anyone else's, to meet your emotional and physical needs. As an adult, one who is responsible to so many others you love, it is up to you to pursue your own emotional fulfillment. This doesn't mean you don't ever need other people, not by a long shot, but it does mean that your life and your health are up to you. The sooner you embrace that truth and embrace the calling to love yourself first, the sooner you can truly serve all those around you, especially your kids. (sighs) Okay. The third book that really changed my life was Playful Parenting by Lawrence Cohen. When Marissa was a baby, I used to play with her for hours on end, but there came a time when she would ask me to play with her and I just didn't feel like it. I felt tired, distracted, and just plain lazy. Then I found this book. Lawrence Cohen explains how play is a child's main way of communicating and learning. He describes specific ways that parents can use playfulness to connect with their kids, help them recover from emotional distress, and bring out feelings that may be difficult to express. This book also taught me new ways of using play to foster a sense of competence in my kids and reminded me to be my silly, goofy self more often. He says, when we get disconnected from children, and we do again and again, Play is our best bridge back to deep connection with them. When children seem to be struggling, adults can facilitate their recovery of confidence by playing with them. Let's say you and your spouse have been arguing a lot and you're afraid it's affecting your child, but your child doesn't want to talk about it and you're not sure how to bring it up. Next time you're playing house, you can make the mom and dad dolls argue with each other in a kind of silly way. That gives the child the chance to pick up the theme or drop it, whichever she wishes. She may have another doll tell the parents to make up, or she may say that she's running away from home or give some other hint about her feelings. Anything the child needs to master, playing a game about it can help. Okay, another quote from there is, the unexpected response is a basic technique of comedy, both in the theater and at home. So don't go into your preteen's room to tell her for the 10th time to clean it, Go in and scream, girl power, and sing a Spice Girls song, complete with dancing, of course. If you don't get a laugh, at least she'll say, okay, okay, I'll clean my room. Just please never do that again. Dr. Cohen talks about appropriate roughhousing and tickling, what to do when giggles turn to tears, using play to help kids overcome fears and feel empowered, and so much more. I highly recommend this fun and informative book. The next book that literally changed my entire life was Self-Coaching 101 by Brooke Castillo. Brooke is the founder of the Life Coach School, where I became certified as a life coach and a master coach, and the book was recommended to me by a business coach back in 2014. The book introduced me to the self-coaching model that I talked about in episode six and have referenced again and again throughout the podcast because it's one of the main tools I use in my coaching practice. The book walks you through the model in detail, line by line, and gives tons of examples. There's also a question and answer section at the end of the book where Brooke addresses common questions about the model and the concepts behind it. 
Brooke has had a profound impact on my life, and I am eternally grateful to her for being an example to me of what's possible as a human and as a woman. In her book, she writes, I am not enlightened nor a genius. I have had no brain abnormalities that help me detach from negative thinking. I am just like you. I am a mother of two who has to get my kids to school, their homework done, and their lunches made. I write, coach, grocery shop, read, work out, and pay my bills. I have two very needy dogs. I'm not always in the present moment. I don't meditate for hours or enter nirvana when I do the dishes. I can't sit on a park bench and revel in the magnificence of the universe without hallucinogenic assistance. I don't channel non-physical entities, and I've never gotten a call from Oprah Winfrey. I drink Diet Coke, color my hair, and spend an outrageous amount of money on handbags and my car. I yell at my kids sometimes, whine to my husband, argue with my mother, and I read People magazine. Need I say more? Despite her unbelievable success and fortune, I believe Brooke is super down-to-earth and has a heart of gold, and I'm grateful to that business coach for leading me to her all those years ago. The next book is one that Brooke references in her book as being a huge influence in her life. It's called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. This book helped me understand on an even deeper level that my thoughts create my experience and more specifically, that my stress is caused by arguing with reality. One of my favorite quotes from Byron Katie is, when I argue with reality, I lose, but only 100% of the time. Another belief I adopted from her is that everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. She says, what you think shouldn't have happened should have happened. It should have happened because it did, and no thinking in the world can change it. This belief has set me free in so many areas of my life. Everything that's happened in the past, my parents' divorce, my past relationships, ways I've shown up as a mom, it all happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen for my highest good. Another teaching of hers that I love is that thoughts that cause us suffering aren't true. She teaches a process of self-inquiry that she refers to as the work. The work consists of four questions and what she calls a turnaround. When you identify a thought that's causing you to suffer, you must question it and ask yourself, is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? How do I react when I believe that thought? And who would I be without the thought? Finally, the turnaround asks you to find evidence that the opposite of your thought is just as true or truer than your original thought. For example, if you think my kids should listen to me, some possible turnarounds might be my kids shouldn't listen to me, I should listen to my kids, or I should listen to me. Tons of free information about the work can be found at thework.com. The last book I want to talk about today is one that I just discovered recently in March of this year, so only four months ago, but I became obsessed with it (laughs) and sent it out to all of my clients for Mother's Day. It's called A Grown-Up's Guide to Kids Wiring by Kathleen Edelman, and I did an entire podcast about it called Understanding Temperament. This book has been so helpful to me in changing the way I think about my kids and their personalities And it's given me a much greater understanding of why they do what they do, how to communicate with them more effectively, and why we have certain conflicts. Kathleen also has an amazing YouTube channel that I'll link to in the show notes. 
So those are the six books that have had the biggest impact on me so far when it comes to my parenting and philosophies of life. All the links to these books will be in the show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 208. And let me know if you've read any of these or what books have been impactful for you, and I'll add them to my reading list. All right, Mama, take care. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.